0: I'm grateful for the invitation to be here during these days. My, my, 25 years gone by just like that. I was thinking about uh, Pastor and Miss Julia uh, in an apartment. I think it was in that direction, somewhere in that direction. Um, they had their bed up on stilts in their bedroom and pastor had his study desk down underneath the bed and uh, then they went uh, I remember I don't know where all you've met but I know you're in the seventh day at the Venice church for a while And I remember coming down here with Brother Clayton. By the the way, wasn't that a a good word last night, a good message? I appreciate that very much. Hard man to follow. We came here and prayed for the building, and kind of ridiculous, you know, to think maybe 40 or 50 people sticking their necks out for $740,000, which would be quite a bit more today and God came through praise his name i want you to turn this evening to uh, psalms 145 psalm 145 i'm going to read these 21 verses here in psalm 145 but i'm going to pick out some thoughts that blessed my heart some time ago when i was reading Uh, through this in my devotions before I do that I'm going to uh, take a drink of this polluted water here as referred to last night (laughs) thank you whomsoever put that there Psalm 145, I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and thy wonderful works. And men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts, and I will declare thy greatness. They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness and shall sing of thy righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. Slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all, and His tender mercies are over all His works. All Thy works shall praise Thee, O Lord, and Thy saints shall bless Thee. They shall speak of the glory of Thy kingdom and talk of Thy power, to make known to the sons of men His mighty acts and the glorious majesty of His kingdom. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and Thy dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord upholdeth all that fall, and raises up all those that be bowed down. The eyes of all that wait upon Thee, the eyes of all wait upon Thee, and Thou givest them their meat in due season. Thou openest Thy hand, and satisfiest the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all His ways, and holy in all His works. The Lord is nigh, and to all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desires of them that fear him. He also will hear their cry and will save them. The Lord preserveth all them that love him, but all the wicked will he destroy. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord, and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. This is called David's Psalm of Praise. I want to thank everybody that's come tonight. And I'm speaking on the subject this evening of the Lord is. You know, we have to give the Lord the glory for what he's done and the praise. I I remember I used to go to the fellowship meetings. And I'm not wanting to be cruel tonight, but I remember going to the Baptist Bible fellowship meetings, and there was so much talk about what the fellowship was doing. To be honest with you, I heard very little about what the Lord was doing, was about what the fellowship was doing and how great it was. And I think that was part of uh, the reason why they're going the way they've gone, and that is their uh, neo evangelical or Along that line, I don't know what all they're doing, but I know they've got different music and what we had here tonight. And by the way, wasn't those facials beautiful and blessing? And then the congregational singing, I enjoy that here. We need to give God the glory. And there's five things I want to look at here in this uh, psalm that especially blessed my, blessed my heart. They describe some things about the Lord. And, of course, there are many words in the Bible that describe the Lord, and we could be here for ages and ages, but I want to have a word of prayer, and we'll begin. Father, we ask you to bless your word tonight, and you'd use it for the purpose that you bring it forth, and you lay it upon my heart. I pray, Lord, you'd help us to listen, and, Lord, that you'd speak to our hearts, we pray, for any that might be here that doesn't know you, that, Lord... May you reveal yourself to them even tonight through your word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. The first uh, thing I want us to look at here is, it's in verse 3 of 145. Psalm 145, verse 3. The Lord is great. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Greatly to be praised. Notice that. He needs to be praised. In fact, it says in Psalm 113, verse 3, it says, From the rising of the sun and the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. I think about in our home church even, we hear the word all the time. But we go out in the lobby after the service and we're talking about everything else but God. And what he's done and how he's working in our hearts. It it would be hard for us to constantly have our voice praising the Lord from the sun up to the sun down. That's what he's talking about here. But we ought to have that. While he was, uh, what we were singing about a while ago, about joy in serving Jesus, we ought to have that joy in our heart. We ought to be ready to praise him and uh, give him the glory. He said he's greatly to be praised. Psalm 18.3 says, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. He said, I'll call upon the Lord, and through praising I will get the victory over my enemies. I don't know uh, what your enemy is. I know the devil is your enemy. I know there are demons out there that aggravate us. I know there are unusual things. If you just mark it down, if a bunch of unusual things happen when you're trying to serve God, you'll find out uh, right quick if you'll rebuke the devil and take a stand against him, uh, those things will cease many times. I've seen that happen. A series of things take place in opposition to what I'm trying to do for the Lord. And suddenly I wake up and realize uh, the Lord uh, is allowing to do it, of course, but... Uh, And it all works together for the glory of God. I understand that. But if we would start praising the Lord and give him the glory and take a stand against Satan, I think some of those things would cease in our life. He talks about the greatness unsearchable. His greatness is unsearchable. In Job 5, 9, he says, Who doeth great things and unsearchable marvelous, marvelous things without number? Think about God's creation. And our, I, I think about these uh, little insects that God has put together. He's made them. And he's made the wasps. Uh, they are our friends. You know that? They take away some of our uh, pests uh, for food and destroy them. Even bats are our friends. Uh, we've had bats in our house before. Someone flying around. What do you do? Will you get out the uh, badminton racket and start striking at him, of course, we can't do that here in the city. You know, we'll be put in jail for that, but what do we do? We give God the glory for what he's made, and realize that he's made them for a purpose. Somebody said that they will eat a bat will eat up to a thousand gnats and mosquitoes a night and um uh, We have baths right now around our house, and we don't have... I I don't think I've seen a mosquito at my place this whole summer. God has a purpose for everything. You think about those little creatures that God made, how they are made exact. I think about the spider and how it has uh, uh, eight legs and two worker arms. And on the end of all those legs and those two worker arms are... Two things that look like fingers, and the Bible says she taketh hold with her hands and dwelleth in kings' palaces. And we can take hold by the hands of faith and one day dwell in a king's palace in glory. Amen. And then Romans eleven thirty three. We're going to hear quite a bit of scripture tonight. Is that all right? This is the Open Door Bible Baptist Church, right? In, and you know this verse, in Romans eleven thirty three. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. My wife's uh, aunt, lived out here on Long Island, uh, used to say, if you can figure out how God would do it, he won't do it that way. <laughs> Uh, His ways are past finding out. I thank God for that. He knows better than I do what I need. He knows what I need in my life. All right, move down to verse 8. And here he says, The Lord is gracious. The Lord is gracious. Uh, That word, uh, gracious... You look it up in the concordance, it means gracious. But it comes from a word which means to bend or stoop in kindness to an inferior. Here is someone who is superior, like the president. Whatever you think about him, he came out on the lawn, greeted this young boy. What was he, 11 something, 11 years old? Uh, he allowed him to come and mow the lawn at the White House. And he came out and greeted him and talked to him and told him he was a good man. He gave him a thumbs up. So I don't know what, I, I don't know what all he said to him. But to me, that, that's being gracious. Here's an inferior little boy. And here's the President of the United States. He's there on the lawn of the White House and shaking hands with him. And telling him he's doing a good job. I don't know whether he did a good job or not, but uh, I, I just use that. I don't want to get political, but uh, but I do, but I, I won't. Uh, but anyhow, howsomever, uh, nonetheless, in other words, uh, our God is gracious. Doesn't he stoop to reach down to us? Yes, amen, he does. We are inferior to Him. We are, we are scum when you really think about this flesh and how wicked we are. If you haven't found that out, uh, you, you need to learn it. You need to learn that this flesh is wicked. It's capable of doing anything as far as wickedness is concerned. And yet God is willing to come down to us. He's gracious. He's full of compassion. I read in Matthew 6, 34, that Jesus, when he came, saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them because they were as sheep having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. He saw people... And he had compassion. That's what your pastor did when he saw people and thought about the people here and the multitudes of people. I'm not trying to glorify him, uh, though he is my son-in-law. And I will tell you this. They drove all the way to West Virginia to pick us up and bring us up here for this meeting. And, uh, and they have to take us back unless, uh, well... You know, fish and friends and relatives, uh, you know, relatives and friends are like fish. After three days, they begin to stink. Okay? I'll get it out. But uh, it had to be... I don't think it was to make a name for himself. I don't think it was... Uh, a desire to glorify Him. I don't think He'd be willing to go through everything He's gone through in the last 25 years if it were not for a compassion for people, for a compassion for the people of New York City. Amen. A little more will help. I have to fight these uh, air conditioners up here. But that's all right. Thank God for them. Jesus was moved with compassion, and he began to teach them many things. If we have compassion for people, we're going to begin teaching them some things. I went to, uh, the bank was taking a trip. Every time you go out of town, I have to tell my bank what states I'm going to be in. I think two of the worst is New York and uh, Illinois, and maybe Texas, uh, of you know, identity theft and so on. And so uh, I go into the office uh, to tell the lady where I'm going to be, and this was in May, before my birthday. And she looked up my records and she said, "You're going to have a birthday pretty soon." And I said, "That's right, ma'am." And And she looked at my wife's record and said, and she's going to have a birthday pretty soon. I said, that's right. And I said, well, I'm getting pretty old. She said, "Uh, well, uh, I don't know. uh, Maybe you can go back the other way. I said, well, uh, let me tell you this. I'm going to live forever. She said, how are you going to arrange that? What an opening to tell her how you can live forever, amen? If you care about people, like we heard last night, you're going to open your mouth once in a while. Especially when you have a door open if you love the Lord. Are you with me tonight? The Lord is gracious. He's slow to anger. I think about Nehemiah where we read about the Levites. Uh, You know, there's several records of the history of in the Bible, of the children of Israel coming out of the land of Egypt and what they went through, and, and here the Levites are reviewing that to the people. They just built a wall, and they're in the city, and they're reviewing what what had taken place in their history. And they pointed out that after all the things that God had done, then. They refused to obey, It said in verse 17 of Nehemiah, chapter 9. Neither were mindful of thy wonders that thou didst among them, but hardened their necks, and in their rebellion appointed a captain to return to their bondage. But thou art a God ready to pardon. Thank God for that. God is ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and forsaketh them not, or forsooketh them not. Thank God that he is slow to anger. He could have bashed me in the head long ago. Then he said of great mercy, and we think about Moses. He said in verse 18 of Numbers 14, he said, The Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression. Thank God for that. That'll give you something to praise God for. The mercy that He's had upon you. The compassion that He's withheld His anger. He does chasten His people. Have you ever been whipped by God? Have you ever been whipped by the Lord? Have you ever been chastened? You knew it was God dealing with you? He says He chastens His people. The third verse here in Psalm 145, in verse 9, The Lord is good to all, and His tender mercies are over all His works. The Lord is good to all, and His tender mercies are over all His works. And some, uh, sometime near 1990, sometime in that uh, time frame. It might have been in the late eighties, nineteen eighties. We went to a church in Arkansas. This church had a youth camp. I don't remember everything we did. It seemed like in the back of mind I I remember a brush arbor. But I could be wrong about that. You know when you've been everywhere you tend to forget things. <laughs> I remember going to this church, and uh, I don't remember any negative thing about it. I think we had a good time. was a good man. But in 1995, this man woke up in the hospital in Arkansas. He didn't know who he was, he didn't know what his name was, he didn't know his wife. His wife was Donna. He had no concept of anything. He didn't know how to walk. He didn't know how to talk. He had a, a disease, a particular uh, meningitis, that took away his mind. You know, they tell you when you go to college, uh, get an education and nobody can ever take it away from you. That's a bunch of baloney, you know that? Yes. You could get hit, hit in the head with a brick bat, it'll be all gone overnight god could do something to you I want to be proud about her education i know i'm just a hillbilly that came out of the out of the woods but i have 7 years of education and uh, it hasn't helped me a whole lot <laughs> i know some some don't like that but uh, Anyhow, this man had to be taught. Thank God for his wife who was so patient with him. She taught him how to read, taught him how to walk. She had to feed him like a baby with uh, pablum. He said later, she taught me how to talk, she taught me how to walk, and the best thing, she taught me how to kiss. Um uh, today he has a ministry entitled, God is good. God is good. Anybody know John Bishop? You ever hear John Bishop? Here's what he said. These are his words. Reading Psalm 34, verse 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. He said, God, this is his words. He said, God, I'm going to believe you're good because that's what your word says. Lord, this must be what faith means, believing you even when I don't feel like it. And that's what he had to do. He had to say that God is good. Have you ever said that? God is good. They started uh, a ministry. He and his wife started a ministry called God is Good. And uh, whether it when Jessica graduated or Monica down at PCC? He was there and spoke during that time for, for, for a short period. He spoke at the graduation. If I went up to him, he wouldn't know me. He wouldn't remember anything about it. His wife would have to tell him that we'd been there at his church, and he had had to be told all that. And here, with all that he's gone through, he still says, God is good. That's what the Bible tells us here. God is good, and his tender mercies are over all of his works. Psalm 51.1, the Psalm of David, said, When Nathan the prophet came unto him after he had gone into Bathsheba, and after he had the Bible does not say put that in there, but after he had murdered Uriah, or called for his murder, he said, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. According unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. And the next verse says, Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquities and cleanse me from my sins. David should have been killed. Twice for his sin because of adultery and because of murder. He should have been killed according to the Scriptures, but God spared him. God had mercy on him. Thank God he has mercy on us. Do you ever get excited about this? (laughs) Every once in a while, our pastor gets excited while he's preaching and he'll just go... I need to teach him more about uh, shouting, but he just goes, "woo" and that's it. Well, he should say, glory to God, praise the Lord, <laughs> and all that, huh? And then take off running. We're going to be praising God in heaven. I want to tell you tonight, if you don't get anything else out of this message, and I call it a message. If you don't get anything else out of this, God is good. He is good. Something else, the Lord is righteous. In Psalm 145, verse 17, the Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all of his works. Righteous in all of his ways. When Rehoboam came to the throne in Judah, he set up his kingdom and fortified it and everything, but he turned his back on God. You know what? God didn't do anything for five years. Five years later... He stirred up uh, Shishak down in Egypt, the king down there, and he brought up his troops, hordes of them. And some others joined him. They came up and they took over the fenced cities around Jerusalem. And then uh, Shemaniah came in to the king and to his council there, his princes, and said to them, The Lord is upset with you because you've turned your back on him, and that's why this is happening. And you know... It would do America good if they could do this. When that prophet told that king that, you know what they did? They humbled themselves. And they repented and God said, okay, uh, I'm not going to let them go any further. I'm going to spare you. And I believe that if, if we would humble ourselves before God as his people, we're too proud. I'm talking about God's people. We're too proud about what we are and who we are. We need to humble ourselves before God and give Him the glory and ask for forgiveness for our sins. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to move and work in our life. He says there in that verse 17 of Psalm 145, He said, Not only is righteous he righteous in all of His ways, but He's holy in all of his works I came across this one day this this song this poem it said wicked men on every hand violence has spread throughout the land darkness is falling on sinking sand but there's a light that shines still brighter let every christian take their stand god is not dead he's alive he can command God is still holy. God is still pure. His name is perfect. His word is sure. Nothing shall ever stain His righteousness. Nothing shall ever mar His holiness. Our God is holy forever and ever. He will endure. Darker days are still ahead. We can certainly admit that. And as the world to hell is led, Christian, don't falter. Lift up your head, for our redemption draweth still nearer. Jesus, our Lord, is ever dearer. He shall return. Lift up your heart, just like he said. God is still holy. God is still pure. His name is perfect. His word is sure. Nothing shall ever stain his righteousness. Nothing shall ever mar his holiness. Our God is holy forever and ever. He will endure. Do you understand tonight that God is holy? He's a holy God, and He will judge sin. God doesn't like to see. He doesn't like to look upon sin. And I just think about this. Yes, uh, condemn me if you will, but I'm on Facebook. But I see a lot of people who call themselves Christians dressing Unchristian like. And I see them use this OMG. What does that stand for? You know what it stands for. And God said one day, I'm going to take into account I'm Jesus told about told us this that every word man will give account for every word that we've spoken. I'm thankful tonight that the blood of Jesus Christ washes away our sins who are saved. But I still Believe that God is going to bring us into account for how we live, not judging us for our sins, but we need to be careful. Leave a good testimony. One last thing tonight. The Lord is nigh in Psalm 145 18. The Lord is nigh unto all that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. He's nigh. In closing, let us just do this. Let us turn to Acts chapter 17, verse 24 through 28. Let's look at this together. Acts chapter 17, verse 24. You all have been uh, a good uh, group tonight. And uh, I didn't see anybody fall over in the pew asleep. And I appreciate that. But let's look at this. passage of Scripture here tonight before we leave. This is Paul on Mars Hill. He's saying to the people there, starting with verse 24, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that He is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands as though He needeth anything, seeing He giveth to all life and breath and all things. And he hath made of one blood all nations of, of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. And here's what I want you to see. That they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. In him we live and move and have our being. The fact that you walked in here tonight, the fact that you're walking in the power that God has given you. In him we live and move and have our being. And... He said He's not very far from every one of us. If you're here tonight without Jesus Christ, if you do not know if you left this world that you are go to be with the Lord in heaven, if you're not assured of that, the Lord is near. He's very near. He's here tonight. He wants to save you and give you that assurance and peace that only He can give. He wants to do that for you. Maybe you're here tonight and you're, you've been walking out of the will of God. Maybe you've been doing some things you ought not to be doing. All, all of God's people can get involved in that. Sometimes it's very subtle. My, it might even be some pride, you know. I don't know. But we get out of the will of God. And tonight, I invite you to come. As we close, we have an invitation. Number, tonight, if you're not sure you're saved, would you come forward? Someone will take a Bible and show you how you can know for sure that you're going to heaven. You can know that. I got saved in the fall of 1953. And I'm still saved tonight. I didn't say it was perfect all that time, but I'm still saved. You can be saved and have that assurance. In your bosom, to know that everything's all right with God. If you'd leave this world, you'd go to be with Him. Jesus said you must be born again. And then if things are not right in your life, you come tonight. As we bow our heads and we stand to our feet and bow our heads, we have a word of prayer. Have someone come to the piano.